Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you PNLP? This is the Premier Non-League Podcast. Well, for the first time in God knows how long, all five of us are here for episode 45 of the Premier Non-League Podcast. If you've forgotten our names, it's Pete, Gaz, Trev, Chris and James. How are we all doing, boys? Good, thanks. Good, thanks, mate. Yeah, how good is it? Really nice to have everyone back in the room. When was the last time we had all of us? Can't actually remember. Don't think we have this year, have we? No, not this year. No. No. Well, did we all have a nice Christmas? All in one room. (laughs) (laughs) Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year and all that. Guys, bloody nearly in February already. I'm still saying that. But um, how have we been this past couple of weeks? It's nice to be back in the room. I know I get enough stick from it, but I am here. For once, and I won't be back again for another couple of weeks after. But I thought I'd stop by and make an appearance. Um, start with you, Trev. That's all right. Well, as, as you're gobbing off now, we'll ask you how you are. Let's see how you're doing. Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. How's it going? All right. Pete, Pete, me and you, fresh from Worthing FC Supporters Association committee meeting. I'm glad I got out there a little bit earlier. Did my nothing, but how are we doing? I'm fine, thank you, James. Yeah, and Gareth, you've got decent Wi-Fi tonight, unlike me. Yeah, it's because I'm not in a hotel and I am at home because I'm not tight and I will pay for a decent Wi-Fi. Yes, yeah, I think I'm good. Uh, Mate, I would pay for decent Wi-Fi. Blame BT Openreach. It says coming by the end of 2023. I was like, bloody hell, about bloody time. Five years (laughs) ago, crap, internet. Fed up of it. Um, And Chris. Chris up north, how are we doing? Oh, very well, thank you. Very well indeed. How's that temperature up here? Because it's a little bit bit chilly down here. Is it warming up up there? 14 degrees today. Well, that's Ooh. warmer than that's warmer than down here. Yeah, get yourself up here. It's where to be. It's where oh, we would, there. mate, if we could. But so um, <laughs> it's been a it's been an eventful couple of weeks for all our teams. Uh, we'll start off with uh, South Shields, a, a draw, which is unusual. You didn't win, and you only scored in sort of the sort of towards the end of the game, wasn't it? What was yeah? Two, what was that game draws. like? Was it? Yeah. Um, first half was diabolical. Um, and, uh, the manager was understandably furious. It was the worst we've played in months. It wasn't just that we didn't play, actually. I say played badly. What it was is just it was just lazy. Um, we were second best and um, second to every ball, first ball, second ball, third ball. Matlock wanted it more, so uh, deservedly went a goal behind. Um, and then second half, we 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 improved. Couldn't be any worse. And that, but that means we're in, unbeaten in seven, five wins, two draws in seven. So still. Well clear at the top with games in hand. If, if get that stinker out of the way, that forty-five minute stinker that we had, it's still where we are. Things are good. Well, yeah. If James, you win, James, if you win your games in hand, James, while mm. you've not been on the air, we've we've actually changed the question now to 
when will South Shields get promoted? <laughs> well, I was going to say, they're two games in hand. If they win both of them, they'll be 13 points clear over Hyde United, as it stands yeah. right now. And um, possibly 12 points over Radcliffe, depending on how what they win. So, okay, when will South Shields win? The... Um, Easter Saturday. Taking a little setback. Easter Saturday, if not before. <laughs> Easter Saturday. Well, mm. you better, man. Yeah. <laughs> but not on Shields. Put... I don't bet on Shields. <laughs> no, you never do. You never. You should never bet on your own club, should you? You just never do. No. Um, I tend to bet on Charlton losing, so that's normally a guaranteed win for me. To be fair, <laughs> Charlton nils their nickname, isn't it? Yeah, it's always a Charlton nil. <laughs> you got good, good, good to remember that fact, Pete. Um, so what's the what's the league been like at the moment? Like, has it has it really been sort of dominance? Is it that, that just pure frustration of those two draws? Was it just? Do you think you know? I know games have come thick and fast. Do you think yeah. just? Do you think they're getting carried away and taking other teams for granted, or do you think it's just a little tiny blip? Tiny blip. There was one game recently at home where I think in the second half we became a little bit arrogant, just for ten minutes. Um, it was too easy. The league, it's a, it's much of a muchness in in the Northern Premier League. You've, everybody's workmanlike. Every team is workmanlike, works hard, um, and has got reasonable players. And every team has one, sometimes two, on the rare occasion, three game changers. Uh, obviously, South Shields have more game changers. It's as simple as that. Um, so the league in general is very much of a muchness. And... Any one of about eight clubs could reach the playoffs because uh, they can all beat each other. And South Shields have been the most consistent, so that's not going to change. And I, I fully expect Shields to get promoted and seal the championship by, if not before, uh, on Easter Saturday. And down the wrong end of the table, you've got Livers Edge and Belper Town. They're surely down now. Yeah, and we, are at, we are at Belper on Saturday. I'm looking forward to going. It's my first trip down there. It's, it's it's on my list of places to visit, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I, I can see Mask being relegated. Um, I've watched them recently, and they've got a lot of games to catch up on, and they haven't mm. got, in my view, a lot of quality. And it's going to take some. They're going to. It's going to take some doing for them to get out of that. I can see them being relegated. Yeah, sadly, or you know, is it just a one of those oh, things? Sadly, you be yeah, a bit... that they're a local club, you know. We're, we're, they're 45 minutes down the road from us on Teesside, so yep. um, it would be sad. But um, but if you look at the Northern Premier League uh, East Division, there are potentially one or two Northeast clubs who can make it up this year. So that hopefully that would be like for like. But hopefully you won't have to worry about that when you're up seeing the Vanarama National North next season. Fingers crossed, everything goes to goes to fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, and I can see us doing well in that league as well. So. I was actually saying on our Worthingcast, um, is it tough to be getting carried away already? Because, like, you know, this time last year, we were sort of already thinking, dreaming of the National South. Is it, is it, so you're starting to dream now? And is it, is it hard to sort of face that reality in case it all goes Pete Tom? It's hard to not think about next season in that, in the National League North. Um, it's hard to do that. And some people might think it's arrogant. Um, but I'm actually, there's absolutely no doubt that South Shields will win the league. There's, because there's no team. Once if, if Shields say did get 13 points clear, which they might not, but no team in that league has enough quality 
to put a run of six, seven wins together, which they're going to have to do. You know, South Hughes are going to have to lose games and these other teams are going to have to win everything to catch up. And that's just not going to happen um, because they haven't got enough quality to maintain six, seven, eight wins in a row. They might get two, three, four, but somewhere down the line, they're going to meet the team that on the day will be just a little bit stronger than them. So, um, it, yeah, it, it does smack of arrogance and I don't like to be arrogant. Uh, very, very confident. And it's just it's just our year. The resources have been there. Kevin's Kevin's put a good squad together. Um, we've got quality all over the pitch, and it's class class telling over over a forty two game season. The best team yeah. that comes out on the top league tables don't lie, particularly at this stage of the season. Hundred percent. We'll talk about league tables. We'll move into the Vanarama National League with Barnet sitting pretty in the middle of uh, the playoff zone at the moment. Trevor, you happy with the performances of late? I know you were kind of giving it a bit in the chat about, oh yeah, Barney are expected to win because I thought they win one at the weekend. What What's the sort of latest up there? Well, we hadn't lost for three months till we played Tuesday. Mm. So yeah, a standard, isn't it? Standard winning, that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know yeah. Gareth was giving it to you a bit in the chat. <laughs> yeah, from the man he's, he's seen us play once so far. Or was he not? I think, I think no, that's I, I, well, I, I, saw, I saw, do you know what? I make I give it large in the group chat, but when I saw Barnett at um, Eastie a few weeks ago, they looked very, very good, like well organised. Every like everything you want from a team, considering I, the last time I saw them was last season, and we know how much of a disaster that was. Mm. Like the difference, it's like night and day, like from one extreme to another. Eastley, you rocked up at Eastley, Eastley fans were giving it large, and then. Barnet were one 0 up at half time, I think, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then those those Eastley fans were not in the same position in the second half, giving it as large as they were when we first got there. Yeah, I think it, it's 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 one of, yeah, completely different night and day from last season to this season, from what I've seen. I mean, you've got a couple of points separating you from uh, eight, 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 five points, um, with a game in hand. Do you think you will end up? Sitting at this stage of the season, sort of starting to think about getting carried away. Do you think you will end up in the playoff zone? No, one game at a time. What Dean says, that's how yeah. it is. One game every every week. By the mm-hmm. time by the time the recording comes out, we'd have played again, and then again the day after the recording comes out, and then we play again. We're playing Saturday, Tuesday till the middle of March at the moment, which we've been doing since Christ near enough the middle of Jan, I think. As well, so it's rather it's rather relentless, and it did catch up this week. But six away games on the bounce, four wins out of six. I'd have taken that at the beginning. Three yeah. three league wins and a trophy, uh, yeah. a trophy win. Happy. I think it. we can say though that um, it's going to be a two horse race at the top of the table between Knox County and Wrexham because there's nearly twenty points separating them with third and Woking. I mean, if Woking on fifty eight and Wrexham if and counts eighty. Um, who's gonna Who's gonna get to the top? Well, Gas said Brexham aren't gonna win it, but I'm gonna uh, stand by that as well. It, I, I don't know. It's a massive, 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 great race at the moment. I've got to say, but if you take those two out of the equation, there's a um, uh, there's a title race. You call it between Chesterfield, Woking, and Barnet. That's our titles. I think we. I think the top two predicted 110 points, and he's woken. I think was still predicted about 85, which would have Sutton won the league with 84. 
I think it was three years ago. So that just shows how high the standard is this year. And that Woking are going to finish possibly fourth, maybe third if they're lucky. Wouldn't it be, be better, uh, Trevor, if um, let Wrexham and Notts County go up and that next season other teams will have a chance? Because, like I say, the gap is huge now, isn't it? Yeah, well, if County if if County win the league and we knock Wrexham out of the playoff final and go up ourselves, then everyone else can battle with Wrexham next year. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was having I was having a discussion with um with a um Aldershot fan the other day as well, and you know a, li- a little bit we sort of said it was great like last year watching them fail to win the playoffs, fail to win the trophy as well. But you know the players players they can um they can sign is just you know phenomenal. They go out and sign a flipping championship reserve player or whatever um, and the rest of us are battling on with like what we can got but I think you know we've shown that this year you haven't got to have you haven't got a massive budget you haven't got to have you know players dropping down three divisions to prove that you can you know have, have a good run and give it a good go but um, the pair of them are, are just relentless I mean I think Tuesday night at County we took the lead in the first half held them off for 57 minutes and then bang, they just pulled up to a second gear. I know we were a bit tired and lacking two of our regular back four stars, which didn't really help matters. Um, but yeah, the pair of them are pair of them are fantastic. I mean, we've got we've got Wrexham and Notts County have both got to come to the hive in the next two months as well, which is reasonably interesting. We've, we've got to go to Woking, play Chesterfield twice. Um, it's massive games every every. Week every other week, every other set of games are played. I don't think there's too many tomorrow night in the midweek round, but you get to the weekend again, and you, you know a couple of the top top four or five are playing each other. So yeah, it's relentless this division, relentless. I asked you a question on the way back from EC, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it was. Um, well, that's a useful addition to the. It podcast, was a real no. It was a really good question, <laughs> but I'm going to ask another one now. Mm. If Barnet don't make the playoffs but win the trophy. Is the season still a success? Massively. I just down finished twelfth to sixteenth. We're sitting fifth. Punching. Yeah. <laughs> you could uh, comfortably yeah. say. And um, to, to be honest, no no disrespect to anyone who's left in the FA Trophy, but if we don't at least make it to the final, um, you know that would be that would be a probably a disappointment in it in itself. Just literally because how we played the last three months. Um, if we hadn't played six away on a spin. I don't know we might be another six points better off. I don't don't quite know, but now we've got three three games at home before we're on the road again. I think for three three games in a row, one one depends on whether Southend are, are still are still with us by then. Dorking and then the trophy at Maidstone. So um, yeah, who knows? But um, I, I think as well to have worked ourselves into that position, we've done that well this year. You know, to not finish inside the playoffs as well. I've said to a few people we've giving ourselves a lovely buffer that we have a bit of a blip, if you call losing two games a blip, I'd rather have it now than we have it at the start of April when you can't rectify it. Time's gone, you've got too few games left, so we've got so much, so many games left to go. I reckon we'll be in there, personally. Well, talking, uh, talk about the National League, obviously we need to touch on the other end of the table, and one of our favourites, Dorking Wanderers, obviously friends of the podcast, Mark White, they are struggling, aren't they? Mm. Surprisingly yeah. so? Um, or was it the injuries that are hampering them that it's really struggled them? A bit of both. I was listening to the Talking Wanderers pod during the week um, and uh, James and Gary had, had Mark on. And um, I just felt a little bit that 
he's not going to go away from his beliefs of how he wants to play football, which is fantastic. It's lovely. But at times, you've got to go and do the gritty stuff in the National League and get a performance and a, and a um, and three points, however it comes. And I think that's the only thing that might just hold them back if he doesn't just... Oh, he doesn't have to do a lot, I don't think, but they're on such a horrendous run Mm. And teams lost five and lost their last five or mm. something, I think, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think only made, I think that actually, no, actually in the form table, they're the worst, worst performing side. Yeah, right at the bottom, right at the bottom. Yeah, Maidstone doing slightly better. And everyone else at the bottom, bar Maidstone, picked up points at the weekend un- underneath them. Uh, no, apart from, sorry, Gateshead as well. They picked, they picked up one during the week. So they have a team in free fall at the moment, but he's got, I think, just do something different to stop the rot. And then if you've picked up pick up two back to back wins, they're back in mid table. And then you can relax a little bit and maybe go back to how you want to play. But I think he's got to adapt that. And again, it's different for him because he's used to being at the top end of the table, winning promotions mm. or being solid every year. So um but the National League is the bastard league. It's unforgiving. No, yeah, we know we know he's a friend of the podcast and you know, never what he's achieved at Dorking is unbelievable. Um over the past twenty years, as we know, if you haven't listened to our summer podcast special, have a listen because it's amazing the story he's taken the club on. But do we think as a group that he may have hit his level of management? And do you think maybe the National League's one step too far? Mm-hmm. Or I mean it's a very tough thing to ask. And you know, I would never no disrespect to him, but you know, obviously he's no. fully involved in the club, but no, it, it, still... is he hit it? James, it's still um, there's there's still a part time club up against yeah. big boys who are, fo- who are yeah, full time. So yeah. I, I I don't think there's any. I don't. So think you think there's more we can see from Mark White? Yeah, like if if Dorking went full time, then you'd, you'd probably sit here and go yes. But obviously he's up against a, a lot of full time clubs. Got a lot of travelling. They've got players who are who've got day jobs still. So you you know you've got to take all these things into account when you go into a league like the National League. Which is one below the proper football so. league, isn't it? So. Yeah. Well, we do wish them the best. We obviously don't want to see them going down because you know they've done so well, um, and we don't want them in our league, do we, uh, Pete? Because I think I think the Worthing uh, being promoted is probably one stretch too far for the club at the moment. But we are sitting in um, sixth at the moment. I think it is in the playoff after losing the last two games. Seventh now. We've lost last seven. Three. We've lost last three. three. So we're down to seven. So we're clinging on to those playoff places. Obviously, big six point against Oxford on Saturday. Where we just didn't turn up. Um, what are your sort of ratings of the performances over the past couple of weeks? Because it seems to be a bit of a yo-yo, I was saying to some of the guys on Saturday. It seems think... to be one month good, one month bad, one month good, one month bad. When it was the kiss, kiss of death January, Adam got manager in the month award. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it... it, 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 it All falls Pete Tong. Yeah, if you didn't, if you saw my tweet when it was announced, he'd won it, and I put, I put, we don't want it. It's cursed, and it's proved to be the case. But um, Saturday was, yeah, probably the worst performance I've seen for a while. Awful. But we're missing our captain. He's away for a few games. Um, <laughs> He's on a cruise, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge loss at this stage of the season. To be fair um, to him, though, Peter. Of course, for anyone listening, we've got to say though that Adam, when we spoke to him on the Rebel Yard podcast, Adam Hinchwood lost his dad last year, and this is um, a delay trip for Aaron Racine's dad, sixtieth. So he said, like, well, after losing his dad, he couldn't say no to him going away. But as yeah, Adam absolutely. said, right in the middle of the business end of the season you don't want your captain and best defender going away uh, for five yeah, games it's, it's it's not ideal but the thing is you know Saturday um 
well, the last two games, I'm going to say, and I've, I never criticised Mr. Hinshelwood, um, but the, the team the team selection at the back has, has been wrong the last two games. Mm. Not great. So, when we've got an experienced defender like Dan Barry sitting on the bench on Saturday. Did not understand that. Well, even bringing him on as a sub. Yeah, did not understand that one bit. Um, but... playing, playing Danny Barker out of position like he did and, you know, and then him giving away a penalty and... Yeah, but that that geezer didn't half die for that penalty. Even the Oxford fans around me were laughing. <laughs> Josh um, Parker, yeah, yeah, good old ex rat addict. Yeah, yeah, typical ex Charlton player, I suppose. Yeah, okay, here he goes. Here he goes. Um, but I mean, Pete, do, do we think you know as we're all talking about the sort of season starting to shape up now? Do we think we'll cling on to the playoffs? I think we'll just make it. I think we'll hit the eliminators. Um, but we need to turn this run of form around, or we're not going to be anywhere near those eliminators by the end of the season. To be honest, if we ended up mid-table, I'd look oh, at the take it. as a success. So, but would you, would you look not, at it? Would you look at it also as a bit of like, oh, have we missed out a little bit? You know, like, oh, we were so good for like three quarters no, of the season. No, not at all. No. Not at all. I'd look at it as a success. We've been nowhere near the bottom. We've competed with some bigger teams. Uh, we've performed. Yep. We've performed well the majority of the time. We play some cracking football, proper football the way it should be played. Um, like I say, probably got it's probably got the team selection wrong the last couple of games, but apart from that, I've got no criticism. Yeah, no. As we said, as we said all along, if we, we were talking this time last year when we were gagging for promotion, like Chris is, I'm sure you'd say it as well, Chris. If you could say this time next year, Shields absolutely. were like six six in the playoffs, and you'd be buzzing, wouldn't you? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the National League is an unforgiving league. The National League North and South, unforgiving. You're going up. Up and up and up. You, you're raising the bar every time you're up against full-time clubs, which is why South Shields have got a bit of a head start, of course. You look at the National League North. So many teams are vying for playoff spots. It's ultra, ultra competitive. Scarborough are among those. They got promoted last year. They would never have seen themselves in playoff spot this year, given their budget, but they are. It's through hard work and organisation. It's like the guy, you know, our man at Dorking, you know, um, it, it, it is tough, and in the National League, that little bit of extra money goes a long way. So as you're going up these levels, Scarborough have done well on a on a fixed budget. Dorking are trying to do it at the National League on a fixed budget, and it's just that little bit harder. Yeah. Um, and that that's the way it is. It's not going to change, particularly when you've heard the news that they'll hopefully maybe looking at three up, three down. Uh, from oh, the, it needs to bloody come, doesn't it? You know, so. It's going. It's only going to get more competitive. Yeah, no, and I do think just before we wrap up on the National League, I don't know if you guys are not, I saw in the papers over the weekend that York City are trying to buy the last shares from Glenn Henderson to try and take the club into um, supporters trust ownership. Um, obviously, they've been detached from him since the sacking of John Askey in, uh, I think it was October, wasn't it? Um, earlier yeah. in the season when he got them back up to the National League. And I know, Chris, you were saying, obviously, from knowing them, from being up north, like it was a disgusting decision, like what, what yeah, he was cool. playing at. Um, so yeah, hopefully yeah. York City have a future without him because I know a lot of them seem to be very happy at the prospect of getting him rid from the club. Yeah, it would be. Good. My only worry is you know fan-owned clubs. Um, it becomes um, it becomes committee run. Yeah, sometimes you, you do need a figurehead, uh, um, a, a top dog, as it were, and that's my only fear. Once your club is run then by committee. Too many cooks spoil the broth. I, I don't know, uh, but as long as, as long as York City remain in good ha- good hands, that's all that counts. A good club with a good fan base, 
a rich history. You just want them to continue. You don't want them to end up, you know, um, like a South End, like a Scunthorpe, like an Oldham. You, 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 you know, so as long, as long as the club is healthy, that's that's all that counts. Yeah, and that's all that matters, and that's all we care for. Very much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, I think we do like talking about our own clubs and talking about ourselves sometimes. And I think it's going to, we're going to have the opportunity to do that again um, in March, aren't we lads? What, what could I possibly be talking about? Does someone want to give one of this as a clue? We're going live, 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 and loud. And um, as as I remember, beginning of the season, some of you might be aware that we sponsored one of the players at Horsham FC. We took sponsorship. It didn't work out very well because he left the club a few weeks later. But we are sponsoring again, and all that came about with Johnny, as you know, our old um, contributor to the podcast. He's been a commercial director, so we've got some sort of relationship with the club and such and with being a commercial di- um, commercial sponsor this season um, they wanted us to do an event with them and it's taken a few months planning hasn't it Trev and a few emails back and forth we mm-hmm. were hoping to do it in January but we've actually got a live panel at Horsham Football Club coming up in March so Trev do you have any more details from you have you got the date to hand yeah Monday, the Monday the 27th of March at 7.30 we'll be at the Camping World Stadium at Horsham uh, we're hoping we're, we'll, we'll be able to have a live audience as well with us um, within the region of 60 to 80 people and more details will follow later hopefully by the time the pod comes out on Friday with how you can actually get hold of your tickets but you'll find out all the details via our Twitter channel at PNLP we start at 7.30 and we'll obviously have a little script of how we're going to run it and invite some questions from those on the floor as well. And we're also forgetting, Trev, we've got a lovely few guests lined up, a little panel, which will be, um, by the time you listen to this podcast, if you check your Twitter after this podcast is released three o'clock on Friday, you'll see who our final guest is. But a very exciting panel so far. We've got Horsham manager, Dom De Paula. It'd be a bit rude to turn up to his stadium without inviting a Horsham gaffer along, wouldn't it? I think, I think we would have had words. Um, Pete and I have pulled a few strings and got uh, Worthing's manager, Adam Hinchelwood. Trev, who have we got from Broadbridge Heath? Uh, Chris Simmons. So we've got cover from step five all the way up to step two. And if you find out tonight, we may or may not have someone to step from step one. I wonder who that could be, boys. I wonder so, who that oh, could I be. I wonder. 
I've got I wonder. Yeah. I mean, anyone. I mean, no, you haven't got you haven't got contact, Trevor. What have you got? Friends. Friends. Got <laughs> lots of friends. But you might be. You might may or may not be surprised. Let's just say if you do listen to our podcast regularly, you probably won't be surprised. Prize, but it's a brilliant guest to finalise the final management panel. We kind of kind of call it a southeast football panel. It's going to be a good little uh, time to chat about the football. They play at different levels, you know, the expectations of the clubs, and just see where they are because they're. I'd say all clubs that are coming along are sort of at different stages in a sort of non-league career. With Broadbridge Chief with their new stadium, obviously when they built the new development over in Horsham, they got a brand new stadium. And Trev, you went there a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's nice little um, nice little arena for for step five and. Plenty of um, room around as well for uh, for some more development yeah. should they need it if they go up. And as we can say, the host of our venue, Horsham FC, have just installed new uh, new scoreboard, new seating, new stands. So obviously they're they're pushing for promotion into the National League South. You know they're getting their ground ready. Uh, a nice little city, Pete. We went there last. Was it last year or the year before when we saw Paul Merson there? That was a really good little venue for that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Nice little nice little venue, the Camping World Community Stadium or whatever it's called. Good burger and as well, yeah, yeah, very good. And they, they seem to have all their food and drink very well. You know, it's very well rated up there, so it's very good. So come along, have a few pints. Um, Chris may or may not make an appearance. Uh, I guess he's still waiting. He's still waiting. I'm saying, is that a no? He's not going to be able to, or is he still not sure? It depends on 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 work commitments and a few other things, finance as well, of course. But um, yeah, of course, if I can be there, I will. If I can be there, I will. It'll be great because yeah, obviously we did our live, the Mariners podcast live. Yeah. You know. It was a great event. Um, we thoroughly enjoyed it. Different dimension, different dynamic. So it promises to be a fantastic evening and I'd love to be there. So if I can get there, I will. Definitely. What was that, Trev, did you say? I said, can you not fly me to get me. Flight or something? Yeah, you know I can. Yeah, I've already said that in the yeah. if, if we can yeah. get him at the flight, a decent price, we can get him down here. But yeah. um, I think it's a first for all of us. Chris, you've done live before, you know. Um, you know, we've never we've never hosted things. You know, Trev, you've done live videos on the internet, but have a live audience in front of that. It's going to be a, a new sort of realm for the podcast, a very exciting one as well. There might be some odd giveaways and we're hoping to raise a sort of little charity donation because it is free entry. Please remember that it's free entry. We'd love to see as many of you down there as possible. Support Horsham, buy some beers, buy possibly if there's any food available on like buy some food and you know come and see a stadium if you haven't been to it before and support us as a podcast. Uh we get tweets each week that we all share about in our little whatsapp group that we love don't we guys like you know it's so nice to get a little comment saying oh we love the podcast yeah we got our regular listeners and i appreciate some of you from all over the country but make a weekend of it or no it's not weekend well yeah you could make a weekend it'd be a long weekend wouldn't it It could be a long weekend come come for a horsham game or a worthing game on saturday or any other local sussex derby if you're coming from afar and go home tuesday cheap hotel I know money's a bit tight at the moment, but we'd love to see you down there. So, yeah, once you get this, do tweet um, your support and share, tell your friends, bring some people along that may never have belonged. We're just five regular lads that like a bit of non-league football, a bit of chat, and we're going to be <laughs> having a few special guests there. So, um, guys, I'm really looking forward to it. Are you? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it'd be a chance for people to see how unprofessional things are when things get cut out of, of this. <laughs> so, but but um, to be honest, at least I won't have an internet problem there, will I? <laughs> no, no, that's true. true. <laughs> yeah, we won't have live. But but if you can't make it, we will be putting it out as our usual regular podcast that so will be out that week. But come and see it live. Come and meet us, guys. Um, I heard Pete Pete's desperate to ask have someone to ask for his autograph because as Worthing's main commentator, he he hasn't had that yet. Or have you, Pete? I would, that top, that box was ticked donkeys ago, mate. <laughs> you've, you've, someone's asked for your autograph. Yes, got oh, me to sign yeah. the program. Who did that? You never told. I'm surprised you didn't gloat about that, and I'm surprised we're not still hearing about that. When was that? 
No, it's ages ago. Ages Can you, uh, don't you, do you remember? Do you remember the old um, McDonald's Alan Shearer advert? Do you think that's how Pete thought his autograph was like? You know, ridiculously oversized Shearer autograph with that old McDonald's autograph. Is that what it was like, Pete? Did you no, do no. your signature? or Did you do an over the top? Like, I think you're a celebrity. Type no, of I just don't, I just do my nose squiggle. But yeah, it was just it was only a a, a, a lad, a teenager. Someone lad. signed him up for a dodgy credit card or some porn account or something. Squirt sign was, on the dotted line. The rebel, shut up, James. There was the rebel yell advert <laughs> in the in the program, and he said, "Oh, can you can you sign this for me?" And I was. Yeah, I was a bit embarrassed, but I was like, "Yeah, of course." I cannot believe we haven't heard that. But where you go, Pete? So you're you're practicing. So I was lucky. Trev, Gaz, lucky you don't Trev Gaz and Chris, there. we've got we've got a we've got to catch up with Pete, haven't we? So if you are coming along, why don't you ask for autographs and just don't ask Pete? I have I have signed autographs. I have signed autographs before, but it was a different a different thing. Um, but I have, I have signed autographs. Do you want to divulge? Um, is that when you were in um, is that when you're Magic Mike yes yeah it's <laughs> when he was a porn star no um, oh behave yourself I, Peter <laughs> I released um, I released a, a, a children's novel uh, several years oh, ago and um, yeah signed a number of copies so yeah oh brilliant that's mm. brilliant I, and I, I can kind of get that I was on Soccer AM and this kid came up to us. We went to the Charlton game after. Wait a, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was on Soccer Air. Yeah. And I did the catwalk with the Soccerette. So you could probably find it out there somewhere. Make an absolute tit out of myself. And um, it was in... You James. You put it on there. You put it did on I put Twitter. it on there? It was in 2009, 2008. And um, they took us down to Charlton after. We went down to the local pub. And this honestly, this kid was just... At, he was probably like in his late teens early 20s now but this kid was absolutely in awe because it's us all 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 six of us that had just been on the tv that morning we were standing in the pub in our full charlton just full kit wankers you know like short shirt short shirts and socks with our trainers and we we thought his, we said to his dad is he taking the mick and he was like no no he's actually thinks you're some celebrities we're like okay so there we go but um but you yeah, had the hair then as well didn't you james I did mate yeah not let more on the head more on the scalp than the than the face do you know what i mean because I could tell you. I think one day we could do a PNLP live from Turkey and we could do James's live hair transplant. That'd be good. Oh, you guys have a holiday in Turkey. You can watch You can have some of mine if you want, mate. I would, mate. Yeah, I'd love it. Anyway, we're going and we're digressing now. But PNLP live. Trev, what's the date again? Monday, 27th of March, 7.30 at Horsham FC Camping World Community Stadium. So we're going to be plugging the absolute... SH1T out of this, so please just don't make us look like idiots when we've got two people in the room. Try and try and bring as many people along. We're going to try and get as many friends and family and people that are into the non-league world to come along. So please do come support us. Support your favourite non-league podcast. Uh, we know there are fans out there for some reason and we do something right. So please come support us. Spread the word. Uh, we'll have a good laugh together. Have a few beers and everything like that. It'll be a good night. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Um, one thing I, I wanted to note about, to talk about South East and, um, and Sussex football Littlehampton Town stood up to big bad boys Brighton this week, didn't they? Um, in in terms of uh, their re rescheduling of the cup game, Trev. I know you got a lot of time for Littlehampton, and obviously they've they've got a lot of sponsorship for us as well. We got our poster at the side of the pitch. About time they stuck up stuck up against the big boys. I don't know if you heard about this, Chris. No, don't anything about it. Oh, you don't so, read my blogs. It's shocking. Absolutely. Well, shocking. Trev, you've written a blog about it. Let's why don't you give a little explanation of what, what, what happened. Yeah, uh, 
basically the two sides drew each other. I believe as well, actually, Littlehampton were drawn as the away side, but obviously uh, sides don't go and play at Brighton's training ground development centre. So they all host uh, the tie, if they're, even if they're drawn as the away side. So uh, they were due to play, normally Littlehampton's midweek night is a Tuesday. Uh, Sussex FA asked them to play on Wednesday. So Littlehampton said, yeah, OK, we'll reluctantly do that. Brighton then went, nah, we don't want to play on the Wednesday because we've got a under-21 or an under-18 game, Premier League game on the on the Monday. Although in the previous round, they played on the Monday and then went to Burgess Hill in the last round of the Sussex Senior Cup and played on the Wednesday. So they can do it. Um, Sussex FA then went back to Littlehampton and said, uh, it's going to be Thursday. And Littlehampton went, well, hang on. We've then got less than 48 hours before we travel to Ashford on the Saturday. But... Premier League side with access to that many players can't play two games in 48 hours but they could in the previous round. So the Sussex FA's response was, can't you just move the game against Ashford to the Sunday? Like It's just like clicking your fingers and away you do it. So Littlehampton appealed late last week. An independent panel upheld their appeal and the game's on Wednesday, so two days obviously after the the pod comes out. So 1-0 to Littlehampton before kickoff. Very good. But is it again like why are the Sussex is it, are they pandering to them because the finals at their stadium? Is that why? Of course it is. Of course it is. No other it's just a load of it. joke. It's an absolute joke. Look what happened with Worthing and Lewis in the previous round. Okay, it's not as much, but you know, Lewis decided because they didn't have enough players, which they could have played their youth. But then the Sussex FA allowed it. I mean, what what sort of game would you imagine turning Barnet turning around in actually oh we've got too many players out injured, despite the fact we've got a youth team to play. Oh, we can't fulfil this fixture. That wouldn't be allowed. So why did the Sussex they seem to be Put it politely, a bunch of melts. It's a mm. the county cups are contentious thing these days, and I did I did a blog on it a while ago about whether there's still a place for it, which I think there is, um, but it needs a bit of reform to it because a lot of a lot of counties don't have the final at the most senior ground ever. When I was growing up in Kent, the final was always at Gillingham at Priestfield Stadium, and when you look at the likes of a lot of players in these clubs, it doesn't matter whether it's Worthing at step two or it's um, Littlehampton at step four getting through. A lot of these players are not going to play in a stadium that size, possibly again because of their age or their ability is not going to be a professional footballer. So to not be able to do that... They're back and... at Gillingham now, aren't they? Sorry? Have they got, haven't they announced they're back at Gillingham now? Yeah, for the I first believe time the Kent one's gone back to Gillingham, but I was doing a piece for... Eversley in California earlier in the year who were in the playing the Hampshire Senior Cup and um, I had to do a bit of research to, to have a look at it and um, actually astounded me that, that you've got both Southampton and Portsmouth in the same county and neither were hosting the final for the last I think four or five years the final, who was it Eastley yeah last year was at Eastley that's right yeah um, wasn't well, the Middlesex Trev, one would you... in, um, having them um, yeah, Hampton and at, Richmond yeah, as well. Yeah, we played at Hampton and Richmond Borough last year in the final and, and beat Brentford. Should have been at Brentford, shouldn't it? Should it be at Brentford? Uh, Theoretically. Yeah. But this this brings this brings a thing on repeat. We've I don't feel the um, Worthing fans have spoken about it. Would you say that with the crowds that's, that's going to attract last year, we were more Worthing and Brighton at the Amex for the final. Obviously, Brighton beat Worthing the Sassacena Cup final. Some have said, wouldn't it be better to have it at a ground like Crawley, which is the highest non 
the second highest team in Sussex, in theory, um, and have it a smaller ground with a better atmosphere. Because I know a lot of people would like that. The same as Brentford in, in the sort of Middlesex one. Wouldn't it be better to have it a smaller ground than that, than a Premier League ground where it's going to be majority of empty seats like there was at the Amex? And, you know, cruelly, you could create a bigger atmosphere with sort of the less fans and obviously smaller capacity. Have you ever been to Crawley? Yes, I have a couple of times, mate. Well, you know why they don't have it there. Then. <laughs> but yeah, but you, yeah, but you're talking. Yeah, but think about it. You've got the Amex, which is pretty much nine tenths empty. Yeah, but then you got the, the infrastructure. You know, I know it's an amazing achievement for the fans. So you have got the what? infrastructure. You say the infrastructure. Did you did you hear anyone that went to Sussex in? You went to Sussex in a cup, didn't you last no, year? No, no, no. I did. The amount last of time. Year, yeah, it was awful. Like the queues to get year, in, and it was, was absolutely diabolical. Okay. But in terms of parking and everything else, there's no mm. parking at Oak Crawley from what yeah. I, well, yeah, from but what the I know. parking wasn't brilliant last year either. They haven't got me. parking. There's not okay, much so look, I didn't go last year, so I can't I can't do that. But I I don't I don't know. It's just for the sort of, it's for the sort of the teams and the sort of you know, obviously in Sussex it's very prestigious and like for teams like Worthing, Bognor, Lewis, you know, Brighton, you know, they if they win it, I'm sure they don't care as much as it would be like someone like Worthing or Bognor or Lewis winning or Littlehampton from that fact. But you know, do you see what I mean? Like, we this leads on to one of the points I want to say about one thing I think is lacking is a, a non-league national league trophy. You know, over the three divisions, would that would there be a place for that, or has there been something like that before, Trev? Yeah, there has. Yeah, quite a few years ago. And did it just not work? Because trophy. I think it would be brilliant. Too many games. Too many games. Yeah. And again, yeah. now you've got forty-six games in the national league top division on top of the FA Trophy. I mean, a lot of clubs get criticised yeah. for not treating the FA Trophy. A FA Trophy with, with, with great respect yeah. and we've put a full strength team out as strong as we can in every round we've played so far because it's a competition that you should be aiming to should be aiming to yeah. win not throw away just because you want promotion to the to the football league um, you know and add, add another cup in is too much mm. my my own thought is I don't see why they don't move the early rounds of the competition to the last week or two of pre-season and actually have yeah. them as you've got meaningful games in that last week before you kick yeah. off your league game. Good point. And then you you That's shut good. everything all the way through as well. And again, that final should be at the most pre- prestigious grounds you've got. And again, mm. something the regulators could be worth them having a look into and saying, look, yeah. you, they don't care who you are. You're Manchester United or you're Brighton or you're mm. Crawley Town. You host that final. You're the Premier yeah. Club. Actually throw something back. And I don't... Mm. I, I don't agree that obviously they don't throw enough back in terms of money and support. Something mm. I saw the other day, if if they actually properly disclose, which they should do, how much money they put back in, it is a fantastic amount. But yeah. football's for everybody, not just the 20 Premier League clubs making money. Everyone needs to benefit from it. Yeah. I My experience of the Durham Challenge Cup, which is what South Shields playing, uh, we've reached two finals in, in my time. Where is the final, Chris? Can I just ask you there? Uh, stadium of Light. Um, okay. Although okay. The, that it's um, the the best one. I, the, I, I went to the game at the Stadium of Light, which we lost because we had to play the academy team because we had a playoff the following day. Yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah. Uh, and and the one we won in twenty seventeen was at Hartlepool United, which actually between the two, I thought was better because the atmosphere was great. We filled. We more or less filled a full stand, both standing mm. and seated, um, and uh, it was just a it was a great night. Um, the Stadium of Light, um, yeah, you're playing in a you had four thousand people 
in a in a forty eight thousand capacity arena just wasn't great. I think yeah. I think as well, Chris, because of like different counties have got different amounts of football league clubs. I mean, Kent's only ever had one, so Gillingham's only ever been it. Yeah, like I said, with Hampshire, they got two, but yeah. with the Kent one, with them not playing at Gillingham though, it just went to the highest placed team that was of the two competing in the final. So if it, yeah, was... Charlton are in the Kent one now as well, I think, aren't they? I don't I think, think they've entered it. This they year, have like, been. Oh, they haven't entered it this year, but I think past, they have been yeah. in the past. So yeah. you think, why have they not played um, at the Valley? Who else? There was there's somebody else who played in the Kent Palace. As well, no, it would no, no Palace was sorry. Millwall did a few years ago, um, but again, I'm not. See, I mean, again, they can, you can pay a fee not to pay not to play yeah. in in the cup as well, which Cooley have done for the last two years. But like, so you know, say for example in in Kent with the Gillingham saga, though, imagine it was. Um, Folkestone and Margate in the final, you know, I know they're both at the same level, but it's it's then like a league game. You're not going yeah. anywhere. Even even Dartford, Folkestone, you're only going yeah. to Dartford. No disrespect to Dartford because it's in Prince's Park is not a bad bad stadium for their for their level, but there's no there's no prestige. No. Yeah. Well, mean, Chris, going back to my thing that you said, like, would you agree with what I said then? Would you, if you're in Sussex, would you prefer to see it at somewhere like Crawley's ground, which are a lot smaller than the Amex? Mm. You're saying from your experience from Sunderland to the Hartlepool ground, still a nice stadium, Hartlepool. Yeah, I know, guys, you said, yeah, Crawley, it's not, not the nicest of the grounds. It needs a bit of infrastructure. But in terms of sort of the clubs around Sussex, it's probably the nicest ground besides mm. the Amex. Do you know what it's I mean? It's a tough one because players will always say they would love to play at the most prestigious stadium. Mm. Uh, the players get that experience of playing in a stadium. So it, it's a tough one. Um, I, I do think you sh- it, sh- it should be played at the highest possible calibre of ground. Um, but there's lots to talk about when you consider fans, players, everything else. For, from a spectator's point of view... I enjoyed the Hartlepool experience more than the Sunderland. Um, not because of the result, purely because of the atmosphere that was created. Uh, but that's a, that as a supporter. Players yeah. players will definitely want to play in the big stadium. Mm. Well, Pete wants the Amex. He doesn't get his prawn sandwiches at Crawley, I don't think. They'll just give him some crypto <laughs> coin or something, wouldn't they, instead? Just here's, here's a bit of Bitcoin. Go and, go and buy yourself something. Saying that, though, Pete, I don't know if you noticed on it. Very, very interesting. Oxford City on Saturday, they accepted Bitcoin as payment. Really? Wow, yeah, bitcoins on the back of their shirts as well. So they obviously must have some offices in Oxford. But, but a bitcoin's like twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah. So, I wouldn't even pay two pound for that burger we had. Could have bought for free. And I had to queue for forty five minutes for a bloody burger. Give them two um, bitcoins. You could have bought the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gaz, I know you mentioned in our group earlier about the um, about bringing up the body cams this weekend. Do you want to go into yeah. a little bit more detail? Um, I think it, there's there's been lots said about referees over the last um, last few weeks. I think there was a, a well-known ex-professional calling out uh, Graham Potter for not getting angry at officials when they make a decision. And he came out and justified himself and then got some abuse because he wouldn't get angry at an official. Um, but over the weekend, the, I think it's the North Riding um, FA uh, trialled 100 referees with um, with body cams. Um, with a look at by the end of the season, I think running it out over another three local FA authorities, and then by the end of next year, I think trying to roll it out over the course over the whole whole of the UK. Um, and honestly, like everyone has something to say about referees, but I think Trev 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 said it a few times. Without them, there'd be no game. Mm-hmm. 
like without a referee, there is there isn't the football that we all go and watch on a weekend. Um, and a good friend of mine and Trevor's looking at looking at becoming a referee. Um, and fair play to anyone that he any game that he officiated because he's one of the most sarcastic people I've ever met. <laughs> so he, he'll have he'll have a he'll have a great bit of fun with that. But I I mean it says a lot that I think it was last was it last season early this season I pray I praised a referee. Um, uh, this year, wasn't it? Earlier this year. Was it earlier this year? I can't remember when it was. And that referee actually uh, DM'd me on Twitter and said, "Thank you. It's not very often we get praise." Um, and it, it it's one of those one of those things. So I don't know what everyone else thinks about it, but I think it's good that the FA are starting to take notice of the abuse. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not. Yeah, it, I, yeah. Go on. Right. It, it, yeah, I don't agree with people abusing a referee, but the referees, in light of their decisions, sometimes bring it on themselves. Mm. You with me? Whilst yeah. I agree, do you not? in your day-to-day life, make rash decisions that you may have to make instantly and then go actually afterwards. And maybe I did get that wrong. The referees themselves, I don't think they're allowed to come out afterwards and justify any decision. So they just have to submit their report and get on with it from my understanding. But if a referee admits they've done something wrong, then then good on them. But I don't think they're allowed to from my understanding. My view is that um, it's good on the FA to bring this in, but it's also it's incumbent on the FA um, as the um, overall manager of our game in this country to ensure that the officials are of the appropriate standard. Now, football clubs pay a lot of money to play their games in terms yep. of league fees, etc., etc. They pay the the uh, officials' fees. They're paying for a product. So you want a little bit of value for money on your product. Now, um, my view is that most of the time referees make a bad decision. It's purely through a lack of football awareness and football game knowledge, not because they're, they're just rubbish. It's just because they didn't read a situation like a footballer would. And it's to me, it's incumbent on the FA to make sure that more players from the top level, when they decide to hang up their boots, should be given every opportunity to become a referee. Like they've done it in cricket, the fast-tracked umpires in cricket, who are now um, international elite-level panel umpires from England, who are the best in the world. And it's incumbent on the FA to do the same, because most of the time, the decisions that are made are purely through a lack of awareness of the game situation, not because... I mean, there's the odd one which is basically cheating, but that's a different subject altogether. Um, but the standard of officiating has gone down from the top to the bottom. And it's because a lot of these referees now are not ex-players. They're refereeing because they can't get a game of football. They're not very good at football. So they're refereeing instead of staying involved, which is great. I'm all for it. But at the same time, their shortcomings as players is going to be found out as shortcomings as an official. That's just my take on it. Do you, Do you think that that the the rules of the game have become such that it it's almost impossible now to 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 like what what is what deems a what deems a handball for example like yeah is it yeah. anything? But that's, but or... that's not their fault, is it? That's the, no. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what 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 I was going to say was I swing 
a bit both ways on this because... Do you? Oh, hello. Because a lot of what they're asked <laughs> to do comes from above. And from them, they've sucked a lot of common sense out of the game of allowing a referee to referee how he sees fit. Because again, like the five of us sitting here will have a different opinion on absolutely everything that we talked about tonight, yeah. possibly, because that's how the world works. The only thing I don't think they help themselves with is in a game, and this is someone pointed one out to me in the Tunbridge game at the weekend, is a referee giving one thing at one end of the pitch and then at the other end, completely ignoring exactly what he's given at the other end. That bit yeah, that they yeah, yeah, yeah. With, all that happens all the time. Yeah, but I feel too much of it has been sucked out from above. And they know when they're getting assessed as well. That should be an absolute no-no. Yeah. I don't know no one's in the ground actually watching them do what they do. Then yeah, it should be like a mystery shop. shop. Exactly, you know, a mystery yeah. shop. Yeah. In retail, you do not get told when you get a mystery shop. Because I, because if I've you did, games, then you'd know exactly what happens. I've watched games where I know recessors are at, and I know that referee has refereed that game differently to how he would have done <laughs> if that person <laughs> wasn't there watching every single move. Well, we, were, we had an assessor on the St. Albans game. He was absolutely awful. <laughs> and again, <laughs> Still it's, not awful. Ref- it's not the referee's fault. It's being taken out above their head, but they're mm. still expected to do the job. So I think, and it's at, actually, I'd listened to a couple of podcasts and I've read a couple of articles this week that the body cam thing nearly didn't happen because two people within the FA decided it was a silly idea. Luckily, they don't work for the FA anymore, and a couple of people that they've got in the, in their places are actually supporting the referees and this going forward because that's the only way it improves. And as Chris said, yeah. the amount of ex-pros that would rather go and take up the easy job of getting fat and sitting in a studio and criticising everything to kingdom come instead of actually pulling on a pair of boots and understanding the game better is where yeah. most of it's going wrong. No, very true. You, you can't really say more than that, Joe, to be fair. I would advise if, if, um, people out there to look at footage of the Marine versus Morpeth game from Saturday. Um, and a penalty, obviously, Morpeth are our biggest rivals. And I'm not a massive Morpeth fan, but I do feel sorry for them. If you watch an incident where Marine were given a penalty and um, in the game, um, and you watch it, you 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 shudder. You think, "Wow, has the game come to that?" What what, what, what just what? If, it's Marine versus Morpeth um, from Saturday gone, and a penalty was awarded against Morpeth. It was just <laughs> diabolical, and that's the that's the sort of thing that gets people riled up. Yeah. Um, so it's, game changes. It's game changes, Chris. That's what it is. Yeah, and it's and it's through a lack of awareness of of match play. There are some out there who also are in it purely for themselves and they want to be the game changer and they want to be seen. We've had a couple of South Shields in the last few years. Actually, thankfully, we haven't had them this season, but there have been one or two where they, they strut around, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. It's, and it's definitely one to see if it continues because I think it's, you, you've got they've got to do a little bit of research, I think, to change anything or, you know, these referees need some form of protection because we're going to come to a point where we're going to struggle to get referees. Um, anyway, anyway, normally uh, we do a little bit of research by reading a fantastic non-league paper on a Sunday, a little bit of thing. There's a couple of articles that stuck out. I know, Trevor, you were saying as well in the group. I think the first one we need to talk about this week was an advertorial from Fumber FC basically saying we need a takeover, <laughs> come to, come take us over. Now, I read that and I thought at first, oh, is this an, and then it's not till the end I saw it said advertorial at the top. So they've taken out this advert to look like an article. Does that sound like there's problems at Farnborough and they're sort of desperate? Or it seems very strange to be taking out a 
full page advert in a non-league paper to tout for investment. No, I knew, I knew, I knew it was coming. I heard about it on Friday. Listening to the non-league show podcast because they have the non-league paper guys on there every week. I knew it was coming. Um, literally, they've said, right, we've reached the pinnacle of where we can afford to be. Now, if we want to go and compete in the national league, we need investment. So mm. they've taken a whole full-page article to explain what they need, how they want to do it. It's a sustainable way of doing it rather than getting there and then going, right, we either, we either need to overspend mm. and then find we end up getting relegated and we're stuck with all that debt and end up dropping down two or three divisions again. Mm. I think it's actually quite sensible and a little bit kind of innovative as, as well. Pete, after our committee meeting tonight at the Support Association, maybe they, we need to take a leaf out of Farnborough's book because, <laughs> no, no, but, but we're saying, obviously, we it's amazing, like, obviously, being on the committee, you do find out things that, you know, needs to be done. And there's a lot of money, like, we're having to tarmac. We've, I, I don't, Trevor and Gaz, I don't think you've been there for a couple of weeks, but we've de they've demolished the West Stand, um, sort of the terrace, and it's going to be completely flat to meet, meet grading. Yeah. We're having to put crash barriers on as well um, on some of the stand under the shed end on the East Stand to comply with National League regulations and they're costing like tens of thousands obviously there are grants available but you know we're even saying like you know as an all fan well how hard is it to put a meccano stand up but it costs a lot of money and the sort of yeah. thing for the ground is like to put a meccano stand up even just a terrace you're looking at probably one or two seasons before they even see the need of it the woman on our committee who's on the management committee was saying it's about 70k to put half of the length up we need let alone the full length behind the goal so you think of that amount of money and investment needed for fan experience and we were saying yeah but you know maybe you'd get the extra 200 fans that wouldn't come in when it's pouring down with rain on a cold Tuesday night because they've got that option of shelter whereas they might not now but you know maybe they need to look at clubs to take maybe they should take a leaf out of Farnborough's book mm. I'd always be like a little bit worried myself what if you saw that Shields doing that in the paper yeah <laughs> really wow Wow, and why is why is yeah. that why is that why is that Chris? Why would you why would you be worried if you saw it? Because you see it just from Trev's side, they think it's innovative. Why would you be worried? Um, it is innovative, um, but just what you said earlier, you think you immediately think, oh, is something wrong there? And there might not be, you know. And that would be my worry. My initial reaction would be, hold on, is something wrong? Um, no, my first reaction wouldn't be, oh, that's innovative, which it, it is clearly. But my first reaction would always be, ah, there's something wrong here. No, they basically said we've reached our pinnacle. We can we can do all right here at National League South. Yeah. And I mean they've yeah. got games in hand, quite a few. They win a few. I'm looking those. forward they, to going to their stadium. It looks lovely. Yeah, they could be touching their playoffs playoffs. They know they need a three G pitch to sustain themselves mm. further, which is what is part of their aims of it. But they're saying if we want to go further, then we're we're looking at it now rather than we get there and then think Right now we need this. Now we need that. I mean, as yeah. Mark's learning at Dorking as he's gone up, of what you need and what you've got to pay, they're already, in my eyes, one step ahead of the curve. Whereas a few other clubs might jump up and then think, "Jesus, I didn't think it's going to cost us this much, or we need to do that and yeah. that and that." Yes. They're already looking at it, and that there isn't any issue at Farm, but they've been—I think they've been debt-free for a while. I'm not sure if it says that in the article. Um, so they are—they're—they're they're well run, they're well supported, but. They've got to the point where the people there can't take it any further without mm. investing a bit more. And that's yeah. going to, you know, and again, to get the 3G pitch in, change the mm. full game again. And, yeah. you know, that's fair play to them, I think. Like I said, I think yeah. it's a fantastic idea to do I it. think a story we need to keep it. an eye on. 
yeah. keep an Three eye on them in the forthcoming weeks because if obviously it's come out the first time this week, you can find them taken over by the end of the season. You know, um, I know one of our committee members saying tonight there's a local business that he reckons would sponsor us, you know, for a stand or something if he was approached, but he's seemed like quite stubborn and he won't approach them. Like he wants people to approach them. So, you know, it's one of those things. There are probably people out there that will spend money on football clubs, but some are stubborn and think, well, we shouldn't go touting for it. They need to come to us. So it's going to be an interesting thing to see. Uh, one of the other things I did notice was Mark Harris. I know the NPL chairman, one of Chris's favourites, um, <laughs> had an in interesting topic about fan disorder. Now, this quite links into what I was going to say last Saturday we played St Albans at home and one of the idiot little kids behind the goal chucked a bottle of something at the keeper just before the end he was time wasting but it missed him by centimetres um, mm. the, the, the referee noted it down we will have a fine so we sold one of our players any of that money is going to go it's probably going to go on this fine four figures our chairman reckoned for that nothing's come out yet but he's got a point hasn't he it's starting mm -hmm. to disorder and he said now, tell me if I, I I agree with him completely. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. Lower ticket prices for non-league has got unintended consequences of attracting idiots that maybe can't afford to go and support their local team like in the Premier League or the Football League, but they come to non-league and cause trouble with all their little mates after watching too many Danny Dyer films on the Friday night. Yeah, there's a bit of kudos, a bit of credence in that. We had that, you know, he's probably wrote that article after what's happened at Geisley this season. Mm -hmm. um, which we spoke about previously. Um, and again, it's just a group of 40, 50 Stone Island wearing Danny Dyer fans who... Nothing you're getting a badge little... in, Chris. <laughs> they're, just a, they're just wannabes, you know, they're 16, 17, some of them. And um, mm. some, of the, some of these people do have banning orders from Premier League and Football League clubs. And of course because non-league clubs don't have the infrastructure to have CCTV, et cetera. And the, the banning orders don't mean anything at, at, at non-league level. You just get in the ground. So it's a, like you say, it's not just the price. It's the fact that some of these have got banning orders from football league and Premier League grounds where the cameras stop them, uh, but they can't be stopped at non-league level. We had the issue with Dover, who came visit us at the beginning of the season. Uh, first time in a long time we've ever seen crowd trouble at Worthing because, sadly, the Dover Dover didn't inform us of people that were banned who were banned from their own ground. But that's another story for another day. Um, mm -hmm. it is it, it does need to be brought to our attention because you know just just idiots are ruining it and costing clubs money. Where, as you say, we just talked about how much it is to go and sustain yourself in these leagues let alone have to do that and pay out fines and stuff like that because of some stupid behaviour. But that leads me to think, like, we, I, I, I did speak to chairman after, we employ security teams and they're standing having their mother's meeting in the corner. Why are they not positioned mm. where they know the sort of noisier part of the ground is? It's where we were standing, where the bottle came from. They should be standing in and amongst that area, not at the corner of the pitch watching a game of football being paid for it. And I said that to him and he agreed. He said they're getting paid to watch a football game and they need to be watching the fans rather than the game. And it mm. frustrates me because they're getting a decent as a as a bouncer as a security staff. You do get paid well, but why why are they not doing anything and then costing us the money? The security guard didn't make that little kid throw that bottle, though, did he? No, but when the security yeah, but if the security guards have been in and amongst the fans, oh yeah, I get that. They would have they would have known who exactly what it was because they don't know who it was. I get and that, that person but, could be banned. But they they no one make no one it's. That kid was oh, going to throw that whether that bouncer was there yeah. or not. Let's be honest. 100%. 100%. But then at least we might have a bit of accountability for who did it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. They shouldn't be, can't say they, they, they sort of um, should be standing at the side just watching the game in crowd of four at the corner. I mean, that's something that a club manager should be looking at.
troubles are fortunately always going to be around anyway guys it is um been a pleasure this week another great little week um just a little bit of a shout out for brian lee passing away the former uh, national league chairman very sad news this week uh, a lot of rest uh, rest in peace to him as we've said uh pnlp live monday the 27th of march at Horsham SC 1930. Please follow us on our socials at the PNLP. Find out who our guests are going to be this week. And we look forward to seeing you again soon. Guys, that's it for me. Anything from you? No. Just a uh, Tony Lee passed away, another leg- management legend in the Northeast. Um, you know, thoughts with his family. Tony Lee, manager of Whitby, William Sinfonia, Gateshead, and many, many more. Spenny more, you name it. An absolute legend. So sad to see him pass away last week. Another rest in peace. On that note, on that bombshell, very sad bombshell. Stay safe, guys. Be seeing you.